0: I like a nice cup of tea in the morning For to start the day, you see And at half past eleven, well, my idea of heaven Is a nice cup of tea I like a nice cup of tea with my dinner And a nice cup of tea with my tea And when it's time for bed, there's a lot to be said For a nice cup of tea
1: Ah, that is, of course, the unmistakable sounds of the 1937 hit by Peter York and his orchestra, A Nice Cup of Tea. I say Peter York and his orchestra, I mean, I probably don't need to point that out to you, because Peter York, of course, by himself, such a thing was never heard of. Peter York would always travel and perform with his orchestra. He was never without his orchestra. People would call him and say, we'd just want you, Peter. You can't just have me. It's, It's me and my orchestra or nothing. And that was Peter's rule. In later life, he he took that even more seriously. I mean, he he wouldn't ever go to the shops without his orchestra. You know, they'd all pile on the bus. It was ridiculous. A long line of instrumentalists queuing up behind Peter. Very impractical. Very impractical. And uh, his wife, I mean, it led to their eventual divorce. Peter and his wife, of course, because Peter's wife would, uh, would say, I was just hoping for a romantic evening. You've cooked me a meal, you've lit the candles around the Bath, but then you've brought the entire orchestra along with you i mean you know it kind of ruins the, the whole mood anyway i very much doubt that peter york nor his orchestra would have had any idea whatsoever that their song a nice cup of tea would be played on such an auspicious young podcast as this one i very much doubt that peter york or any members of his orchestra could possibly have guessed that even the uh, psychic bassoon player but the reason we've played it on this week's podcast is because it heralds forth the return of a feature from the old series of podcasts that we used to do, and we did 100 weeks of consecutive podcasts, and I urge you not to listen to them. They are floating around on the internet somewhere if you're really warped. But in that podcast, we did a feature called Herbal Tea of the Week, where we sampled a different type of herbal tea each week, but we started drinking herbal tea on tour, and we talked about this on the, the last podcast, and so we decided to bring back herbal tea of the week, only this time it's even bigger and even better, should such a thing be possible. And this week we're joined by our good friend, the writer Matthew Crampton, whose works include The Treeball Story, The History of the Ball Sweets Business, and Tales from the Anglers Retreat about fishing on the Scottish island of South Uist. And we'll discuss those books, and. Matthew will read an extract from one of his books as well, and it's a beautiful reading. So it's a very sophisticated and erudite podcast, as I say this week, and I think that's only right, that's only fitting, bearing in mind that you're now listening to To a man who Not only is part of An award winning Folk group A BBC Radio 2 Folk award winning Folk group But also A five star Guardian reviewed Folk group as well So I think we need to be More sophisticated now There'll be the Guardian Readership listening To the podcast now So we can't just keep Talking about Michael Sticking his fingers Up my nose to get rid Of my nasal hair And that kind of thing It's got to be more Sophisticated In fact we got some Clips from that Very gig That earned us The five star review Which was at Cecil Sharp House in London. So that means that an element of this week's Young'un's podcast is certified five stars. So I mean you're in for a treat podcast listeners. And I mentioned that Matthew Crampton was a member of the Cecil Sharp House choir. We shall hear a couple of songs that we recorded from the Cecil Sharp House choir when we popped into London last week. And the Guardian lend a hand with another feature on this week's Youngin's Podcast. And that is The Birthday Game, where Sean Cooney reads from the birthday page of the Guardian newspaper. And he'll read the celebrity's name, and Michael and myself will guess the celebrity's age. Play along at home. Play along in your car. Play along while you're on your tractor. Play along while you're peeling the potatoes. Play along as you run naked and wild through the woods. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're listening to this Youngin's Podcast, Play along fun with the birthday game. All that and dare I say more on this week's Young'uns Podcast. And we'll dedicate this week's podcast to the lady that I was talking to at our gig at Tinmouth Folk Festival, who told me that the Youngin's podcast was getting her into trouble at work. And I'm not going to mention the name of the woman, nor am I going to mention where she works, because she works at a supermarket, and um, listening to the Youngin's podcast has apparently nearly cost her a job a couple of times, because she's not meant to be listening to things at work, she's not allowed to listen to things at work. But as she's stacking the shelves in the supermarket, she has a sneaky listen to the Youngins podcast. She has the podcast on, and even though she's not meant to be listening, it's just the allure of the Youngins podcast is just too great for her. She can't resist, and she says on a more than one occasion, she's laughed while listening to The Youngest Podcast, sometimes even twice in one podcast she's laughed. She's been caught off guard. Sometimes, because, I mean, especially if it's a good podcast, you can laugh two or three times, can't you, during the 40 minutes. And she's done that from time to time, and her bosses have looked over, and she's had to kind of say, oh, I'm thinking of something funny. She's got a Bluetooth earphones in. So... I mean, I'll try and make the podcast a little bit less funny. See what we can do. Maybe put a bit more Michael Hughes in there. Then you'll know, just be able to listen to it without having to laugh. She says she often listens to the youngest podcast before she goes to sleep. So mine is often the last voice she hears at night. And so apparently she's had some very odd dreams concerning me. And so I'm wondering how many other people maybe listen to the youngest podcast just before they go to sleep and maybe I creep into their dreams. Let me know because we're interested in dreams on the Younger's podcast. So let me know if you've had some odd dreams about me. I mean don't worry if you think well the dream is really not suitable David for podcast listening I'd quite like to read them anyway send in your dreams ladies sorry it sounded a little bit sinister there anyway it's time to hear from the Cecil Sharp House Choir we turned up there last week and we did a little bit of a workshop a harmony workshop with them and afterwards they sang us a few of their songs that they've been learning and the first one is a Georgian song some Georgian singing I can't pronounce the name very easily so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cop out and I'm going to Leave it to the screen reader on my phone to pronounce the name of this song. Revolving. It's kind of it's spelt like M R E V L something or the so I have no idea how to pronounce it. So I think the voice on my phone did a probably a better job than I could have done. But regardless of what the song is called, this is the Cecil Sharp House Choir singing it, singing it very well. I'm sure you'll agree.
0: Revolving.
1: Cecil Sharp House Choir singing the Georgian song entitled "Revolution." Thank you. We'll have more from the Cecil Sharp House Choir at the end of the podcast. They will be performing on the fourth of July at Cecil Sharp House in London, and they've got a CD coming out as well, which apparently should be available for that gig. But that was recorded for us for the Youngins Podcast. We would like to bring you a bit of folk music from time to time. You know, keep the remit alive and all that. In case we get sanctioned by Ofcom At the end of May we performed at Cecil Sharp House And in attendance was Colin Irwin from The Guardian newspaper Who is an excellent journalist, an excellent reviewer And everything he's, he writes is very true And I've always said that, I've always said that about Colin it just so happens as well that he uh, he gave us a five star review recently Here are some clips from our performance at Cecil Sharp House
0: We're going to do a song for is he is he in? Excellent. Oh, yeah.
1: How old are you Arlo by the way? Seven. Seven right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just it's a round of applause for that. <laughs> <isn't> it <laughs> tell you. was that easy for me. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> Best applause of the night there Arlo. <laughs> um, but uh, his dad put on Twitter apparently, um, it was a little bit of a surprise for Arlo. And um, so apparently he said, um, <clears throat> he said, what daddy, why are we going to London? And um, he said, Oh, because we're going to see the young'uns. And he said, Oh, will they do Tom Paine's Bones? So we have to really do it. Don't read it. <laughs> it's been rubbish so far, hasn't it, Arlo? we have got to do one, Dixon. He's had his headphones in for the last <laughs> hour. Come uh, <laughs> on, you say. There you are. Right. Is that good enough for you, Arlo? Nah. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. right. <laughs> been a music critic when he's old, you can tell. Four, one, two, three. As I dreamed that one evening by a river in discontent,
0: dancing the oldest
1: blues
2: I own to the rhythm of Tom Painsaults. Yeah. Good
1: Harlow, you, you have every single word there. Absolutely. Well, it's quite good that we we're performing to a seven-year-old because uh, yeah, a few days ago. You really is a young'un. Um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, a few days ago, we performed. Uh, there was a nine-year-old in the audience, and so we did one of those uh, meet the younguns events. So well, basically, festivals do meet the artists. And um, so we did a meet the young intervention. And you know, you get asked normally the same questions how did you meet, that kind of thing. What are you going to call yourselves in 10 years' time? <laughs> and, uh, did did of David
0: thing. drive here? <laughs> <laughs> Do people think that's a <laughs> certainly
1: isn't. The revolt made nice since a couple of months ago. <laughs> but, uh, but then this nine year old came. Put his hand up, and I think he wants to be a journalist writing for some sort of tabloid sensationist uh, newspaper or something. Because he uh, put his hand up, and his first question was Who argues the most out of the three Who has the most arguments? And give me a time you'll argue and what it was about. And I said, That's a question for a nine year old. And then his second question was Who's the most aggressive young man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, any guesses? <laughs>
2: Did point at me
1: there, Michael? I didn't. Did you point at me, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not
0: aggressive. We're all again randy-dandy-dandy-dandy So heave away your parish ribbons We're
2: sea shanty there oh <laughs> uh, lo- t- they
1: love the key change on the ship that right? was the key change was our tribute to our, our great heroes Westlife. <laughs> <laughs>
2: speak,
1: speak for yourself there Michael uh, and I can testify that it's true um, but uh, we must apologise I do apologise to Arlo's dad and to Arlo for the word there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
1: see it's quite have, it's quite a riskier performance isn't it that we do <laughs> the second half is very risky yeah. You just put your hand over your son's ears 32 minutes into this half. That's all
2: I'm
1: saying. you look for the edit no, though. <laughs> live DVD. Um, that song I think made all the more poignant by the nightclub that appears to have opened. I <laughs> <laughs> you heard that um, What do you to do? What's the problem? Can you not hear it? Listen now, can you? hear it? It's the choir upstairs isn't it? Is it? Yeah. They're quite pretty boisterous up there aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Lots of people enjoying singing do <laughs> Well, that joke might have compensated for the uh, glaring obvious mistake of that song there, mate.
2: <laughs>
1: it's not the spit for you tonight, mate. <laughs> so you
2: think he's joking? Uh, it's hey. been a very...
1: Talking of that, it's been a very, very intimate tour, this. More intimate than it should have been, I think.
2: There children, there. I know, yeah,
1: this is the bit I was on the we've done it early. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, since we won that folk award, we've, we've hired a van. <laughs> we, really, we've really got to we, haven't,
2: we haven't
1: got our own van, we've hired a
0: van. <laughs> That's what the folk award does to someone. You know, the, the funny thing about it is, we, we hired this van principally so we could carry that piano. <laughs> that piano that he's only played one. Band. That's it.
1: But I'd do a flaring version of chopsticks at the end. <laughs> uh, I think it's two and a half seater, if you have been optimistic. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Michael, um, apparently, Michael has to, uh, in order to uh, change gears, has to reach between my legs. To train so we've been, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks, actually, on stage. Uh, recently, though, someone did pat me on the shoulder and says, you do realise that fan is an automatic? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I <laughs> hey, so
1: there's only one way to get out of this one and I think that's a French shanty about whale killing and lost love So <laughs> let's do that now mm, uh, Hold your horses <laughs> Just trying to remember the words Are you? <laughs> <laughs> it in, it's in French I don't think anyone will know <laughs> Do we have any French people in tonight? We? we.
0: It's getting a bit farage character now, isn't
2: it? It's very French people, you know, right?
0: Let's get them out! I love that UKIP explanation of why no-one voted for them in London. Uh, people have been educated there. <laughs> 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 anyway, that okay. was one of their people. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. We digress. There we go. Who was never spoken of and who was never really remembered. So this is a song for John B.
1: Talk. This ain't working, man. Uh, Come on, TikTok. You want to buy Michael's new book, How to Do in a Mood? <laughs> 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 you can know, do any mood? <laughs> From nonchalance to slightly dispirited. Along 28 days. As long as you can't! If you're going to tune your guitar, you've got to do tall guitar. It'll even longer, won't it? Is it in tune? i have going a bit more about this. We've got, re- got reviewers in tonight from The uh, the Guardian and The Times So get that guitar tune properly, I mean, ordinarily we wouldn't care you know. It's a folk audience, but, you know That's
2: so, uh, true There we go, right
1: so, Bring that move back And there'll be a bit of uh, trench slang in this as well. Now listen up Arlo, because it's important that we educate of course. So listen up Arlo, we'll be doing a little quiz after this. Uh, We're going to talk about a rest camp, which is a cemetery. Uh, We're going to use the term going west, which is uh, to die. And um, it's maybe not good for children. And uh, (laughs) and we're also going to talk about a cup of gunfire. And gunfire is when you uh, lace your tea with a bit of rum. So, uh, here
0: we go. <coughs> <coughs> mm-hmm. 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 Oh, <laughs>
1: someone's just left, I think Sal. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> half term, <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> right. Are we ready? And there's a member of Ofsted in, so I've got to be a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> here we go, Guardian t- and Times reviewer and a member of Ofsted. <laughs> here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, oh, hey, we are, we soldiers. head tonight we'll bring to you, you. Know. Three white to make you all like Tommy's all should do. So help your gunfight, happy boys. That's a little bit too high, of you, isn't it? <laughs> you <laughs>
0: think? No. It's
2: <laughs> uh, going down. Keep uh, going
0: go down. down. I'll do it. i We are three singing soldiers,
1: and tonight we bring to you three white tails to make you all like Tommy's all should do. So help your gunfight, happy boys. Take it down, no no, 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 no. No, no, At the end of the day, David, we're 27 days into this tour, right? right? We've still got five to go. Take it down. <laughs> right, I'm only doing a living. Is he ready? Peter Bellamy, I can't go to the show. Sod, Peter Bellamy, take it down. Hang on. we put that in the review. Sod
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, take it down. Right. have got
1: Right, okay, this is the last time. (laughs) My last offer. Right, okay. Can we just ignore the last ten minutes, please,
0: reviewers? (laughs) And we'll be singing.
1: camp!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no <confirmed>.
2: Unbelievable!
0: he's <laughs> oh, no, never gonna come to a gig again. Shall we give him a big cut?
2: <laughs> <Now, laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: What Uh, can I make a request? Hang on a minute, how dare you? You've just said I don't think my voice can cope with that. And you just continue to talk. So why don't you save your voice? Sean will introduce the song. Maybe I've already this, you there's a pot and a very large black kettle just run past. But anyway. (laughs) Um, Can I make a request? Can you do a lovely cup of tea? Can I make a request? Can we do John Ball?
0: I always knew they were brighter down here. Yeah, we could just do both of them, couldn't Yeah! You yeah. don't get that in the East, right? You've ruined it now, Mike.
1: You're going to have to do more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Clips from our gig at the Cecil Sharp House, as I say, given an excellent review by Colin Irwin from The Guardian, a five-star review, and it's uh, with The Guardian we stick right now as Sean Cooney reads from the birthdays page of The Guardian newspaper. Can Michael make a comeback or will I be victorious for a second time? Sean Cooney is reading the celebrity's name. Mike and I are vying for supremacy at guessing the celebrity's age. It's time to play the birthday game But first, here is the birthday game jingle By our Polish friends The Polish vocal quintet Brassy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here we go One, two, three, four <laughs>
1: what's the age of the celebrity <laughs> it is time to reveal to thee <laughs> what is the celebrity's age <laughs> Sean Cooney read <laughs> <laughs> the birthday page <laughs> <game>. the, <birthday laughs> the birthday game 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, boom, boom. okay excellent <laughs> okay. This is a very auspicious birthday game for it is in the same Guardian newspaper as our five-star review. Uh, Let's
2: set the context here, David. Yeah, so we're driving, we're driving back from...
1: Uh... We need to set the context. Is context important for this? It is. Because right? I'm going to get my excuses in early because basically Watch. you've won the last four or five games of this, so we've had a... But yeah. I'm trying to concentrate on a road where we've, we've gone a typhoon outside. Um... Yeah... Yeah, well, let's see if, okay, well that's his handicap this week. Absolutely. Because the toilet last week is this. Uh, we're going to get one point if we're within ten years of getting the celebrities' oh. age We're going to get three points if we're bang Nine on the money. get everybody. Look, 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 can, can we try? Can, find get, all good these can, get, can we get one point if we're in five years? Because ten no, years it seems like no. Because otherwise no. What's wrong with ten years? Because otherwise it's well no, ten years is good. Right. Let's begin the game.
0: Roberto Di Matteo, footballer and okay. manager. Well,
1: you say
0: footballer, isn't it? Manager now, isn't he? Uh, 44. 43. 45. Oh! So close! Uh, one point for me. Rupert Everett, actor. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, your turn to go first? 68. Uh, he's 66. Oh dear me, fifty six. Oh, so you, you don't in. deserve to win. To so do whatever
0: is nowhere near 66. But then again, he's nowhere near sixty eight. Well, yeah, so they, they should be out. He should be if Why? you're within five, that should be right. No, because you have clearly no idea how
1: old he is. It doesn't matter.
0: No, it doesn't no, right, matter. No. Why? No, right, a foul play. It's
1: not foul play. The rules are penalty. No, the rules are. No,
0: But you've made the rules. Uh, we
1: would suggested the rules. You've just suggested changing them now. You can't just no, no, do no, that. I suggested
0: yesterday. Well,
1: Michael suggested a minute ago before we started. Yeah, <laughs> <But> why? because <would laughs> you went Because. Because. because would, would how boring would the game be if no, it was like, oh, no one gets a point? No, I mean, you that's. Would, that's yeah, but you've already got a point for doing it. it, it makes yeah. You think about it. More, no, it doesn't. No, because I am thinking about it. But I good, think yeah you. no listen how boring right, would it no, be 70, 70, how is it is you're telling me it wouldn't be boring for listeners if all of a sudden it's like oh well no one gets anything for that you've got the a point idea on of... first
0: answer the yeah
1: game. and now I'm getting a point again being in it 2-0 we, it doesn't make a difference there's so many times when they're going to be more than 10 out because they don't know who the people are. That's, that's interesting. Feel free, listeners, to put your thoughts on this follow, but I think it's more exciting the more goals you get. Because then there's a jeopardy of three points on the, the ground. I could get three points. Michael could then claw it back with a series of near misses. A series of nine points, or like ten points away. Let the game continue.
0: Noel Gallagher, rock singer.
1: So you obviously don't know who he is because you call him Gallagher. But well, that's all I say Yeah, well, no, no, I don't say it either way way. do so, Noel Gallagher, 41-52. 48. Oh, yeah. so Michael, yeah, yeah,
0: Michael just gets that. The score is 2-1 to me. Sir Christopher Bland, former chairman of the BBC Board of Governors and British Telecom.
1: Far from Bland, though. Some very interesting ideas when he came to British Telecom. Turned the company on its head, many say. And he is 71 today. He's 81 and a phony. A phony? Very good. <laughs> I don't know, he works at British Telecom. It's even funny
0: when you explain it. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's 77. Yeah. 77. Hey, Mr. Hughes, far Who from too. falling in this game, he equalizes both the hellies.
0: Too old now. Too old. Katie Boyle, broadcaster. Katie castor. Boyle, she, things are really hotting up in her career.
1: She is 50 today. I don't know why I keep going first. 55. 55. She's
0: 89.
1: 89, so no-one gets a point, point. quite rightly so. As in the rules of the game, it has been... Melanie Brown, Mel B, singer. Ah, oh, Mel B. Well, if you want to be the winner, then you better answer this correctly. Mr. Hughes. For you. 48, you say? No, 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 not quite. She's 45. She's 40. 40. David Eagle ah. pulls back ahead again.
0: 3-2. Melissa... Everidge, singer. There is that Melissa,
3: Melissa Sounds Everidge? Sounds familiar. Everidge. Sounds familiar. this All right. 49. 43.
0: 54.
1: David Eagle, 42. Normality is restoring itself, listeners.
0: Okay. Sarah Millican, comedian. Ah, yeah.
2: Ah,
1: she's 42. She's forty. She's 42, David. Oh, it's almost the end of the game, 7-2, unless Michael can get a series of three-pointers.
0: Agnes Oaks, Ballerina!
1: Ballerina. Okay. Can Michael dance his way to victory? Let's find out. She is 53. She's 71.
0: She's 45.
1: Oh, David Eagle. Okay, it is 8 2. He's got a six point lead. So Michael needs two three pointers now, really, to call this back, Mr. Cooney. Martin Pipe, racehorse trainer. Racehorse trainer. This is no jockey for Mr. Hughes. Can he win this game? Um. going to try and hurdle into the lead. Ah, yes. Smoked him out here, too. Uh, okay. 60. He is 64. 70. Oh my god, it's 9-2. He's wiping the floor with Mr.
0: Hughes today. Okay. Francis Rossi, rock singer and guitarist. Francis Rossi. What's the group? David
2: huh?
0: well. Oh, of yeah. it is.
1: Well, um, David Eagle is in the army now. Fighting for victory here, yeah. and I like it. I like it. I like it. But Going for the kill. Go on, then. This is it Going for the kill. No, no, no. Oh, well, right. You're in the army. It's oh, bloody oh, In oh, the army, i You're in the army now.
0: Excellent oh, I like it Davy. I've, like, like I've, I've done it. that
2: I've done that I've
1: done that behind in so many ways
0: Oh, to you. oh don't, oh, don't. Oh, very good.
1: Feel free to tweet in your own yes. It's not too late listeners <laughs> well, I mean, with Next week's podcast is such a good feature so, He is 62 He's 70 today He is 66 Oh so it's uh, point eight. Draw point each It is 10-3 Another David Eagle victory and I shall return next week to play Michael Hughes once again. Will I be victorious? Can I make the hat trick or will Michael manage to get a win but right now it's time for the return of herbal tea of the week we're going to sit around the table with our good friend matthew crampton member of the cecil sharp house choir and writer we're going to talk a little bit about his work he's going to read an extract from one of his books and we're going to have some lovely erudite discussion and then we are going to sample a herbal tea which will shall be revealed to you in the next couple of minutes herbal tea of the week
2: Some folks
1: like plain tea, others like tea herbally But this is the feature that reviews herbal tea verbally We'll give it a smell, we'll give it a drink And then we will tell you what we think Tea is the subject on which we will speak In our brand new feature, herbal tea of the week Well, it's back. Herbal Tea of the Week is here, and I think what we're going to do is well, the sampling of the tea. it would be quite a short feature if we just literally gave it a drink, gave it a smell, gave our reporting on, on it. I think this is going to be a sophisticated... It's almost like wine drinking. Uh, we gather around with our sophisticated friends in the folk world. We have many sophisticated friends in the folk world, of course. We talk about the tea, but also about the person maybe sharing a little bit of a, a ditty or a song or a monologue or a, an extract from a book perhaps and uh, our first guest is Mr Matthew Crampton from the Cecil Sharp House Choir who we heard some music from a little bit earlier Good morning to you And uh, we're going to be sampling herbal tea Are you a herbal tea aficionado ordinarily?
3: I don't usually like fruit in my tea mate gosh maybe i shouldn't have said that this is but, not a
1: fruity tea oh, I don't, I don't, I but don't.
3: i do like leaves picked from the garden and put into a mug of hot water that gives right. me a lot of pleasure
1: okay well i'm not sure where these have been picked from but they are lo- these are loose leaf
3: herbal teas so if this um, is a tea tasting you're not so much a sommelier you're a sort of t or tannin Elie for is us he? today. I think he's almost too sophisticated. I have
1: no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> welcome to London. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so one of your, prof- your profession at the moment is an author. Indeed say, it is. You, you write books, and you've got two books which, which we're aware of, and I think you're going to read extracts from. Uh, you've written a book about the tree-bore...
3: Business is in the tree bore mint business, tree the sweet firm. Tree bore mints are a minty bit stronger, mm-hmm. and there's another mm-hmm. bit to that which a lot of people would know, which is sticker might be brass and they last a bit longer.
1: Oh, we, we, we know that indeed. Oh. We're going to do an unaccompanied version of that ourselves. So, uh, so in point.
3: the spirit of that, you know, maybe what I should tell you about is a little bit of about tree Back in the 30s, they had thousands of different sweets all with different names well we sometimes think the 30s were an innocent time but if i just read you the names of some of the sweets from the 1930s you tell me just how innocent a time it was lime juice nibs then you've got granny's chest tablets always a favourite of mine there's the fudge fancy box um, which goes down very well or oh, you've got chesties i've always quite liked chesties and bingo bars so that's just I a taste I realise of- that the tree board did More things than just the tree more mints. They were, uh, they did sugar sweets. So most Mm. sweet firms are basically divided into those that do chocolate and those that do Mm. sugar. So we all know the big chocolate firms like Mars and stuff like that and Cadbury, uh, who often were Quakers because uh, they wanted to create something that would take people off alcohol and off tea and drink. So drinking chocolate and hot chocolate.
1: Drinking, Not drinking tea. Well, my so yeah. well, this is
3: almost sacrilege now People the tea is a stimulant turning in their grids. indeed and they were sugar pushers so they mm. pushed enormous amounts of sugar and and all different types of sweets from boiled sweets to mints and stuff like that
1: so why why did you choose the treeball family or the treeball business to write a book about
3: two reasons one i'm linked to them by family and secondly you know we hear a lot today about evil modern corporations and most large corporations today are are not particularly pleasant in the way they deal with people and things. Back in the day, these big old family firms, like Treble, which was a family-run firm set up in 1906, were the bedrock of British industry. I wouldn't say that they were nice places necessarily in terms of they loved trade unions and stuff like that. They were kind of benign despotisms, but they did create jobs for life, and they did create a social world and a safe environment in which many families lived. Um, and worked and earned enough to keep the family together. So it's a good st- social story to tell, quite aside from the economics and the sweets. I found all these women's football teams from the mm. 40s and the 50s and lovely photographs of... Because it was mainly women who worked in the factories. And you don't, you don't hear a lot about women's football teams in the 40s and 50s. And so it seemed an interesting story to tell alongside all the talk about sweets and mints. Well, we should talk about your other book that you've written uh, about fishing, Uh, but
1: before we do that I think we should uh, we should reveal today's or this week's herbal tea uh, shall I go and put the kettle on I think it will get why not Michael make yourself useful that's the sound of Michael filling the kettle I think getting people are getting very excited now of the audio audience that has been created here it is now time, uh, Matthew Crampton. One thing that uh, is brilliant about you is your voice, your singing voice, and also your, your way with words. Well, that's and very kind of the way sing, that you... And you're proving it there, and the way that you talk as well. Uh, so I think it is only fitting that you should reveal this week's herbal tea of the week.
3: <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to present to you from Jecker's Herb Farm... Jecker's 3pm tea. Oh, it's a perky blend of organic hibiscus, peppermint, green tea, and calendula for mid-afternoon clarity, or when you just feel crabby.
1: Crabby, crabby Crampton. That's yes. what I call you. <laughs> so, uh,
3: this will be perfect. <laughs> uh, Matthew, oh, radio gold. I'm I'm examining the packet right now, and it looks like. Well, I suppose like a lot of herbal teas, it looks like the stuff you, you know, when you're cleaning the sofa and you're just, you know, you get all that stuff that's at the bottom (laughs) underneath the cushions. It looks remarkably like that that's been gathered together and put in a plastic bag with a beautiful bit of packaging. And we will get to taste it in a few minutes.
1: Would you like to tell us about this uh, fishing novel that you have uh, written, Matthew?
3: Well, it's not a novel. It's a gathering of fishing stories from other anglers, all based uh, on the island of South Uist, which is out in the Outer Hebrides, about 80 miles off of the northwest of Scotland. A lovely island, it's a very flat island, very low-lying, it's not like Typical Highland Scotland. You feel like one big Atlantic wave would wash over the whole island and just mm. wash it away. But it's full of these shallow lochs, which are stuffed full. Well, not mm. they have very large trout in them. They're not stuffed full. There's very few trout there, but the few trout that are there are large and they're quite canny and they're difficult to catch. And so this, the book, is stories of how to catch canny trout in mm. shallow South U.S. lochs. Yeah. Evening is my favourite time to fish, especially if I've already fished all day. It feels like bonus time. Somehow this releases me from the humming expectation that lines my daytime effort. I cover water more methodically. I expect less. By now I'd worked my way round the rocks beside the dun in the loch, and was casting out into midstream between them and the far shore. No fish were making their presence known on the loch, certainly not near my fly, and I sensed nothing to support Billy's claim of big fish here in this strange huddle like loch but then again you seldom see Uist fish before you catch them. Then, quite out of the blue, I hooked the largest trout I'd ever seen alive. I knew this because it immediately jumped high above the water. In case I hadn't seen it clearly enough, it jumped again, and again, six times indeed, and each time my heart jumped with it, for so often I'd lost fish during just such leaps. But the fish stayed on. And now it shot over to the reeds on the other side of the loch, some forty yards away and well into my backing line. Again my heart went with it, for so often I'd lost fish during just such runs. And as my heart lurched, my head reeled from the mental cocktail of playing a good fish. This mental cocktail, a measure of nerves, a glug of glee, and a dash of machismo, all laced with two fingers of imminent doom yet the fish stayed on. I played it off the reel, twisting past the handle, frightened I could not retrieve swiftly enough to maintain pressure when it swam towards me, and I saw it again once as it jumped, then for longer as it patrolled the water just beyond my reach, and I was thinking, the myriad thoughts you do, why aren't my mates here to see it? (laughs) Thank God they're not. Will those knots hold? "'Will the hooking survive another jump? "'Will the loose bobfly snag on a reed? "'Can I handle losing another fish? "'Does my future fishing depend on this moment? "'Will success mean I'm a hero? "'Will failure mean I should give up? "'The tragic thoughts we cram into those moments. "'By now the fish had taken three runs, "'and still I had control. "'It was idling closer than before, "'almost within reach, perhaps even tired.' For the first time, I felt confident enough to reach behind my neck for the net, releasing it with the same blind fumble that always finally works, while my rod hand stretched ever higher above my head. And at this point, for the first time in the fight, my mood swung from doom to hope. Okay, his head's not up yet, so I'll keep the net away from the water. But surely he's safely hooked, knackered, and soon will be mine. And then, sweet Jesus, I'll have beaten my bad luck. I'll be one of the boys. I'll be a proper fisherman. The trout must have read my thoughts. He turned slowly, well within reach, then ran once again. This time he ran more fiercely than before, and within seconds the leader had snapped. It was over. I retrieved the line and consoled myself. It wasn't my tying that had lost the fish. I sat down on the rocks, lay down the rod, and wept. The loss felt very great, more than simply the loss of one fish, albeit a magnificent one. It sealed a run of luck so foul, so hopeless, that surely I should quit this painful pastime. Just then the sun peeped out for one last low glint. I looked around and felt the full recuperative blast of a Hebridean sunset. Maybe it was the light, maybe the tears, but I suddenly felt better than I had in days. Of course it was better to lose fish than not fish at all. What's important is not catching fish or even hooking them, but the steady, repeated returning to the water. Whatever the conditions, whatever your recent record of failure, just keep putting the hours in. And if you're really cut out for this painful pastime, then you'll find strange reserves of hope coming to meet you at the start of each day's fishing.
1: So these are... These are other people's stories, but they're your words, is that right? Oh, no, it? that's my
3: story. That was my right. story. Okay. That was, I've often had that experience uh, of losing fish, and mm. I also have experience of, of getting fish.
1: Herbal tea's ready. Well, we
3: yes, Michael, and we said uh, a lovely passage. In that passage, you said a glug of glee. Yeah. Will there be a glug of glee for this herbal tea? It's got a strong nose. It's got um, a strong nose. I think it's got a very definite nose. And kind of insistent in its own way, urgent, an urgent nose, I'd say this tea has. But what it's urging, I just don't know.
2: Well, try. It. Well, let me try. So I'm now going to take
3: my first sip. I'm sitting down because I find that's wise when you're sipping this stuff the first. Day. Here we go. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, i have another <laughs> sip. It's like, oh, oh, blimey. No. Oh, oh, oh. let better have another set. <laughs> he's going to finish the cup before he's even told us anything about it. So
1: you hold those thoughts. Oh. Mr Cooney, try Okay, we're handing it to Mr Cooney now for his... Mmm. Smelling the peppermint. Yeah. Overwhelming. We should maybe read up... Oh, the health properties, Michael Hughes. Would you like to Google maybe some of the ingredients yes. that we've got so we can talk about the health properties? Yeah. Maybe. What are you getting from well, the there's, glug?
0: There's the mint, but there's also, like I say, this. Uh, what well, I want to say citrusy, but it's not really. No, Green. what is it?
3: Oh, one more sip. But it sip. is. That was the, when I reacted after the second sip. It was a, a citrus echo. Yeah, I'm getting.
1: I get the peppermint again. I mean, I don't want to just echo what you're saying here, but it's definitely for me an overriding sense of, of peppermint. Uh, I'm going to have a taste of it now. Always. Oh, I get what you say about the bitterness. It's like a tang, there's a, there's a tang, maybe a zesty it's tang.
2: Strong, uh, the hibiscus gives. Um... Oh, go
1: on, Mr. Hughes. Yeah, I've just got a few little bits here, bit Information. Um, it's bursting with vitamin C. We've also yeah. got vitamin oh, B. And we've got mm. cleansing properties. So Still <laughs> to... Right, I've stopped the podcast and got the toilet now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's have a smell from Michael and a taste. Are you, confer- are you uh, confirming the peppermint smell? Oh,
2: nice. it's very okay, so you've got the
1: peppermint. Let's have a... What do you think about the taste? Hmm. It's a very odd taste, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Very bitter. It
1: but, no, but the pepper, the peppermint really, come to I'm shabber shabber stuff. I'm getting the peppermint more uh, for smell. Strong. A rating. I'm going to go for smell. I think the smell. I'm going to give it an eight, but for taste, How am only going to give it a five. I was slowly ambivalent towards the taste. It was the smell that got it for me, Matthew Crampton. Um,
3: so I'm it's not eight
1: gonna... and five, so 1911
3: to 13. Bear in mind, I. I I preempted this by saying I don't like citrus drinks, and this has strong notes of citrus in it, but, you mm. know, I'm, it's growing on me, because while we've been talking, I've been sipping steadily. Mm. I'm going to give the flavour seven and a half. Oh, my goodness. The five, smell, eight, nine, I'm going to put back, and a half. the smell's going to, the taste, the smell will be about five. But the taste, seven and a half. So we're talking 25 and a half. Mr. Cooney, taking his job seriously, has now taken my cup to have
1: yet another smell and taste. What are you rating it on for b- smell? I like that smell.
0: I'm going
1: to go nine. Nine? He likes that smell a lot. Which brings it up to 34. Taste, Mr. Uh, Cooney. It's,
0: it's waning on me now. Um, oh, I don't know. I've, I don't like it anymore.
1: You don't like it? Uh, three. Three? That's 37. Uh, Mr. Hughes, over well, to you. I smell. smell's quite, quite pleasant. Quite pleasant. Let's say seven. Okay, bringing up to for
2: forty-four. Yeah. <laughs> mm, in my bag. Sure. So Same I'll, with me. Not my bag. Gonna... Well, it's not
1: your bag. It's not a bag. It's loose leaf. That's I'm the whole gonna... point. <laughs> not your leaf.
2: I'm going to give it. <laughs> I'm going to give it
1: a four and a half for taste. Excellent. Which I believe brings it up to forty-nine. Mm-hmm. Now we need an average, um, because obviously there may be in the future more people sampling the tea. So there are. Four of us here. 49 divided by four. Go on, Michael, we need an official calculation for this particular herbal tea. So 12.25 12.25 for this herbal tea We'll have the other herbal teas As the week's progress with other guests We will take the average and we will find out Which is our favourite tea My goodness Matthew, <laughs> it's unbelievable My goodness, what a podcast Where can people
3: find out more about you, Mr Crampton? Matthewcrampton.com Two teas in Matthew
1: Thank you very much Mr Crampton
3: hey, Thank you
1: Hooray. Hooray. Yeah. Herbal Tea of the Week Herbal Tea of the Week returns next time on The Youngin's Podcast. It's called Herbal Tea of the Week. I mean, granted, we don't release a podcast every week. But, you know, it's time for one final clip, um, which is from Sheffield, from the Greystones Club at, at Sheffield, where we're having a little bit more of a chat about this Guardian review and something that I noticed on the web version of the Guardian review. And then we shall say goodbye with another song from the Cecil Sharp House Choir. We're talking at the Guardian, Uh <laughs> We got a five-star review in the Guardian. But I was a little bit...
2: Uh, I
3: was a little bit worried because it said
1: at one point... You know what the website like, is like? It has optional stuff. It has extra stuff like uh, photographs and links to various sources and that kind of thing. And um, at one point it said, one of the links was... David Eagle, who's been blind since a baby, and has been blind since a baby, was a link. And I thought, what, if they link to me, you mean link medical records. <laughs>
2: It's just another article,
1: one of those many candid interviews that I've done now. <laughs> uh, I thought it was another return to be a journalist, that kind of thing. thought <laughs> uh, <I imagine. laughs> it was another turn out to be Michael Hughes. That was quite embarrassing. <laughs> Michael Hughes. Alright, like like, okay. <laughs> <just got> this. <laughs> uh, do you want to stop? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what he said to me that night as well, anyway. thank you very much for listening to this award-winning five-star youngins podcast we'll be back very soon with another podcast another herbal tea of the week another birthday game and more clips from gigs and possibly music from some live guests as well so much to look forward to but hang on in there i'll be back soon don't worry about it until then We'll leave you with a song from the Cecil Sharp House Choir. This is Grace Darling.
2: was on the long stone lighthouse There dwells an English maid
0: Pure as the air around her Of danger ne'er afraid One morning just at daybreak a storm-toss wreck she spied Then up spake brave Grace Darling i'll save the cruise she cried so she pulled away on the road Between them and the lighthouse, the seas like mountains rose. Said Grace, come help me, Father, we'll launch the boat, said she. Her father cried Tis madness to face the raging sea. So she pulled away on the rolling Oh, Darling, alone. alone. They saved the storm-tossed sailors, in heaven alone their strength. Oh, tell the wide world over what, what English, English pluck can do, and, do, and sing a brave, brave, brave sterling, who nobly saved a crew. <laughs> when she No, 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 no.